Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody. Welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from Percy'sGrowroom.com. This is the second episode of Grow Guides, and in this episode, we're going to cover what equipment you need to grow cannabis at home, whether it's indoors or outdoors. Obviously, outdoors, you need a lot less equipment than growing indoors, but we cover just about everything you need to know in this episode. If you want to know more, then head over to Percy'sGrowroom.com, sign up to the forum, and ask any questions you need to to get some help along the way. But for now, this is the episode all about equipment. Hope you enjoy. Next week, we're going to be covering what medium you should grow in. That means uh, should you grow in soil or hydroponics, in cocoa, in rock hall, in all the different ways you can grow. And so don't forget to check out that episode, which will be out on Friday. You can join us live as well to hear the episode being recorded on Sunday on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash high on homegrown. That will be on Sundays, every Sunday, that is. So come over to the YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed and you'll be able to see this episode being recorded. Until then, here's the Grow Guides. Hope you enjoy. There we go. What's up, everybody? And welcome to Grow Guides number two. This one is the second in the series. Uh, last week, we talked about the basic ideas which you, which you need to look into or uh, things that you need to research or think about before you start your first grow. And this week, we're going to cover the basic equipment you need for growing cannabis. And so, you know, if you're going to grow outdoors, then you don't need very much equipment. But if you're growing indoors, then you need some equipment. And it might differ depending from person to person. It depends what setup you have and all of that. But uh, there's pretty much a, there's certain, certain things you need for growing indoors that everybody needs. And then it just gets into more detail after that. Well, let's start off with outdoors first because you need less and it's just much easier to less. explain. You know, it, it, all you need to do to grow outdoors really is make sure that it starts at the right time of year. And Marge, this is your thing. You've grown outdoors a few times, right? Yeah, yeah. But I just, but I mean, I think you got to start early enough in the spring so you can germinate your seeds and get them started indoors so they're big enough to take them outside. And then I put together my super soil pretty early in the spring as well. So I had enough time to sort of do its magic. TG can talk to that a bit more probably just because uh, it was his recipe that I used the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I mean, I put mine in pots. So if you need that, then you have to get those ahead of time. But most people put them right in the ground. And I also set up a rain barrel this year, like or the last summer so that I wouldn't have to use uh, municipal water supply. Sweet. So I mean, that's something else to consider. But outdoor is a very easy way to get started growing weed. What do you think, TG? Well, it depends what you're doing, I guess. Like Marge said, if you're as simple as throwing it in the ground, then I would say convenience is your biggest um, uh, concern. You know, don't have the water that you're going to be using wherever that's coming from, like 100 feet away. Um, have your soil kind of ready to go, I guess, and all that. Prep work is just like cooking, you know. Prep is mm -hmm. prep is 90% of it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, make sure you you plant in a, an appropriate spot. The sun is uh, in the northern hemisphere, at least it goes around kind of the, the southern ish part of the sky. Um, so if you're in a if you're planting on a north side of your, your house, you might have some issues with shade. South is always better to, to plant on where I am. So I imagine that's opposite where in the other side of the world. But uh, 
That's it. Well, that's all you need, really, though. When you plant outside, make sure it's south facing if you're in the north, if you're in northern hemisphere, north facing if you're in the southern hemisphere. Plant it at the right time of year, and pretty much all you really need is a seed or a cutting because you can plant it in the ground if you have good soil in the ground. And if you don't have good soil in the ground, dig a hole, fill it with good soil, and plant it in there. All you really need is the soil and the seed, right? Indoor is where all the equipment comes in. You were mentioning earlier, GB, about grow tents and shit like that. Yeah, well, I think the most important thing if you're going to be growing indoors is is a light because mm. you don't necessarily have to be growing in a tent. You can be growing in a closet. You can be growing mm-hmm. in a room. You know, but a, a light will be your most important, one of your most important things. That'll be the biggest investment, isn't it? Oh, but right, it would be. Like it, but it doesn't have to be the biggest investment either, depending on where you're starting out. Well, running it and buying it initially is always going to be uh, pretty expensive. Tents are cheap. Tents are cheap. Yeah, and you really don't need one as well. Like GB said, if you're using a cupboard or something like that, you can paint the inside of a cupboard or a small room with just mm-hmm. white paint, and that'll be reflective enough to grow something nice in it. The So that's something that you need to decide if you're growing indoors, whether to do it in a grow room or a grow tent. And most people opt for a grow tent because it's just they're designed for growing cannabis in them. So it's a way... Yeah, see, a lot of us are grown in illegal countries as well, so it's easier to, to hide... And mm-hmm. mass the smells even coming out of a, a tent. Yeah, That's the right. tent is it's it's mm-hmm. got all the all the ports you need for the proper extraction, mm-hmm. extension cords, everything's already built into it. So it's it light proof. Yeah. yeah, yes. So a, a grow tent is is most likely 90% of people who grow indoors for personal use will use a grow tent. And it is probably something you're looking at investing in if you're gonna start growing indoors. So yeah, and for good reason, it just makes it easy. Mm-hmm. Just on convenience. And like TG said, they're pretty cheap nowadays. Tents are fucking, like, compared to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You, you can get them pretty cheap, man. And not very expensive compared to what you'll spend on other parts of the grow room. So it's best to just get, and you can get them in all different sizes. Like the smallest one is like 50 centimeters by 50 centimeters. Tiny, tiny things. Yeah, and if you take care of the tent, if you don't, you know, abuse it, you know, take care of the zippers, baby them a little bit, things like that. A, a grow tent will last a good long while. I've still got one. Yeah. I've been using it for like 10 years, man. It's one yeah. of the first ones I bought. Just don't abuse it. Just let it sit there, growing stuff in it. That's you what know? it does. <laughs> but so you get a grow tent and it's probably going to be 60 centimeters by 60 centimeters or two foot by two foot. Or then you'll have the one meter tent or the 1.2 meter tent, which is more likely, which would be four foot by four foot. But you do have ones in the middle as well, don't you? 80 centimetres, 90 centimetres, one metre tents. There's gradual ones you can buy from all different places. Mars Hydro, uh, uh, Gorilla Grow Secret Tents, Jordan. Secret Jordan. So many different brands that oh, you can buy grow tents from. And it, it, like, if you buy one of the, the, the high quality ones, it's obviously going to cost you more money. But you can buy low end ones as well that are reasonably cheap. And if you're just starting out and you don't have the money to spare, you've got a low budget. Just go for a low-priced one, man, and you can upgrade as you get further on. You know, after a couple of crops, after you've saved some money, you can get yourself a real nice grow tent. But what you want to focus on first off is just getting one for the right size, the size that you want. And we kind of discussed that in last week's episode on how to determine what size is going to be best for you. So if you figured that out already, then take a look at what grow tents you're going to need and get one of those. Yeah. How many plants are you going to grow? One, two, three, four. That's that's all you need to know to buy your grow tent. And most growers will use a four foot by four foot and grow four plants in it, won't they? That's a very the, common, yeah. common choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's how we all grow, right? I have one. GB, yours is four, by, four foot by four foot, right? 
No, I I use uh, eighty by eighty and uh, one by one. Right, right. What, what are you using, Marge? Uh, I don't have a grow tent. I use a. I have a closet. I have a okay. my, my closet right now, just under a small little light because I'm doing a micro grow. So I have mm -hmm. three plants started right now. Sweet, nice. Yeah, I had four, but one nothing happened with it. So. So when you set up in your cupboard, are you just a little like chest of drawers, like a wardrobe or something? Not even like it sits on the floor because that's all I have, but it's on a tray. That's a right. lined tray. So that when I water them, if water comes out, it doesn't get all over the carpet or whatever. And then there's like a wire shelf that's in the closet and I hang the light from that and I can raise it up and down from there, depending on how big they are. Sweet. So you haven't even used, bought a lot of equipment to begin with either. You just kept it real basic. No, well, like the light I have is a holdover because we used to grow indoors. Like we had a whole room set up and everything mm -hmm. like all, all professional like and whatnot, but uh, we quit doing that a, a few years ago. So this little light is just a holdover from that. And that's what I use because yeah. I'm doing outdoor as well. So with mm -hmm. the outdoor and then I can do these micro grows in, in the winter time. So oh, it's yeah. perfect because you don't need a lot of space. And because it's in a closet and the light's not super powerful, but for what I'm using it for, it's fine. So I don't need to worry about like humidity control and fans and like all that stuff. Mm -hmm. At least I don't think we'll find out. <laughs> Monkey, what are you saying? What are you using? I'm in three tents, and they're odd tents. They're uh, 0. 0.9 by 0. 0.5 meters, right? 20 inches by 36 inches, and it's two plants per tent. So, I mean, the reason I use these is um, because 20-inch width allows me to get them into a standard-size closet or underneath a standard-size shelving unit. You know, they're, they're narrow enough, but yet yeah, big yeah, enough yeah. for a plant to fit in. Yeah. So... You see, there's loads of different setups. You you got like shitloads, ain't you, TG? Because you're a LP. Yeah, I guess I have my <laughs> own personal LP. I run five. Yeah, they're five. Uh, one four by four, so one point two. One, I guess yeah, one point two, one by one point two. Yeah, and then I run a uh, two two by fours and also a tiny tent. I always forget the dimensions. It's thirty inches tall. It's like two two feet by three feet by one foot or something oh, propagation tent yeah that's where i do all my micro grows that, on yeah, my youtube cool. there's there's one running right now uh six plants in there actually but uh yeah you can do anything really i mean fuck you know i had nine plants in my four by four last time i'm gonna put one in my three by three this time you can yeah yeah man it's pretty yeah. simple that's as you can see they're just from the panel between us i mean i've got two four by fours i'll keep it simple really <laughs> Or yeah. if I can take one of the four by fours down sometimes and use a 60 centimeter instead, but I always have one, 1 1.2 by 1 1.2. And when we say four foot by four foot or 1.2 by 1.2, we just mean the floor space. There's also height on it and they'll usually mm -hmm. be around two meters tall. Yeah. And my, my secret Jardins four by four is actually, I had to buy it a bit shorter. Most of them are six foot eight, I think. And this one's like six foot one because I had a low Sweet. ceiling. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Height is a definitely an issue too. But I see, uh, yeah. you, you, you can find, feet. yeah, you can find the one you need. It is out there somewhere, and it won't be too expensive. They make them, they make them that fit into loft spaces and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, so like there is yeah. cathedral ceilings on the tent. Yeah, so they'll fit mm -hmm. up in the in the rafters. Yeah, so there is there's there's a tent for everything. So yeah, but if you're not going to use a grow tent, you're going to do something like Marge does there, using a cupboard or like a cupboard under the stairs, a wardrobe, something like that. You can either with a nice cheap option is just paint the inside of it white. I don't use tin foil, but that doesn't work. It creates hot spots. 
But if you paint it white, then the light's going to be more reflecting around on the inside of it, which is going to make it more efficient. Or you can uh, you can buy mylar as well from the grow shop for a few pound per meter. And you can just stick that around on the inside, which will help it be more reflective as well. Shane at Migro has got a good video that explains the difference on what what, uh, what you can use on the side of a grow room wall instead of just leaving it bland. And just painting it white does a good as job as anything. And it's nice and cheap. So you can do that. I, in my first grow, because I didn't have any paint and I lived in a basement suite where I didn't really have anywhere to paint, even if I did. I just, I built a grow box out of a dresser where I took all the drawers out and then just put a piece of plywood in and used the, the pieces on the side where the drawers rested as like or height things to hold my plywood with the lights on it. Mm-hmm. But I lined the uh, the walls with just computer paper, white computer paper, yeah, which man. I mean, mm-hmm. is maybe a, fl- a fire issue, but so is wood. So I was like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and it worked. It was great. It was very reflective. I actually yeah. still have it now. It's efficient, you know, as long as you get the light bouncing around in there, it makes it a lot more efficient. Yeah, think outside the box too, pun Indeed. not intended. And then we have, after you've figured out the growth space it's going to go in, then you're going to have to figure out what light you're going to use in there. And it's best to have a light that's going to do for the whole grow, really, rather than one that's just going to, you're going to use two, like one for the early veg and then one for the later veg. I mean, that works with some lights, especially if you're using HID, which are high intensity discharge, the old school lights, the uh, the blue metal halide or the orange high, high pressure sodium. But not many people use them anymore. They seem to be used less often. You've all seen, noticed that, right? I think the LEDs have gotten better. So yeah, they, mm-hmm. they are using the HID a little bit less, at least uh, home growers. Yeah. Commercial growers are still using the, uh, the bigger lights. That's right. And you know, if you've got a good budget, you can go to HLG. They have pocket lights for any size uh grow temp that you want but if you're on a lower budget you can get cheaper uh, led lights from like uh, mars hydro or spider farmer there's loads of different brands out there i know i know people rag on them a lot but like do you remember the blorpa lights yeah yeah blorpa lights i know it's old tech but they grew good weed and you can buy right now man yeah (laughs) yeah and you can you can grow fucking you can pick up some good Good blorpal lights, so fucking cheap. Mm. You know, so cheap. I, and that's why it's like what you were saying, Mikey. Buy cheap shit sometimes on the on the force go if you're on a really cheap budget because the money that you're gonna save over a month or over two months, just reinvest back into your grow. That's yeah. the best thing that you can do if you if you have a tight budget. Yeah, but don't forget, you know, you buy cheap, you buy twice, but sometimes that's just the way it has to go. Well, that's the way it has to sometimes, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the lights that I first started out with, they were 250 quid each. They're only 60 quid now. Mm. Yeah. Tech change is quick, doesn't it? Yeah, and they were fucking awesome lights, man. Yeah, plenty well, of good lights out there you can choose from. As good well, lights, man. they were good. <laughs> so lighting is so... Uh, it's such an in-depth topic that we're just going to save that for a grow guides of its own to cover lighting. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, you know, you will need indoor grow lighting, and it needs to be powerful. It needs to be good enough to grow plants in it because the plants use that light to make food and to grow and survive. You know, if they ha- if they don't have good enough light, they won't grow very well. Yeah, like you, can't, you can't grow quality weed with with poor quality lights. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same TG. Uh, 
I'm just going to cite Dr. Bugby and, you know, he's with, with all everything else optimized, if you have the best nutrients with the best soil and the best temperatures, if your light isn't at its best, all of those other factors won't be able to be utilized to their best. So mm -hmm. the light is the bottleneck. As soon as that thing is enough, everything else then can be, mm -hmm. can just, just rip. And cannabis is a very high light using plant as far as plants go. So yeah. Light is good. Yeah, man. Quality light. Yeah, get a good one. And then when you've added light to a small grow room or a, a grow tent, you'll notice on the inside of it, it will start to get very warm because these lights, even LED lights, give off a certain amount of heat. And this heat needs to be extracted out of the grow room. So you use something that is called an extractor. Yes. How convenient wow. is that of a name? What a name. You know, just, just what it says on the tin. It extracts. <laughs> What's in your name? A job description? You know. So depending on what size grow room you have, it will depend on what size grow uh, what size extractor you use. And most people, like for a small 60 centimeter grow temp, for example, they'll use something like a four-inch extractor, like a bathroom extraction. You don't need to necessarily get one from the grow shop. You can go to B and Q or Target. I don't know. Is that what it is in the USA? Just some uh, random hardware store and get a bathroom. Uh, Home, Dep Home Depot, Lowe's, yeah, big box kind of place. Yeah, yeah the Princess Auto, Princess or, Auto. Uh, yeah, True Value Hardware is. kind of yep. place. Yeah. Would like they have Walmart. to? <laughs> would they have to make Canadian Tire teach? Oh fuck yeah! They're expensive. Yeah. Those little duct fans. So my advice is, watch for the sales. You know, Princess Auto, like I just mentioned, they had eight-inch duct fans with four hundred and twenty hint hint nudge nudge CFM. Nice. Fuck for fucking 35 bucks i think regular like 80 bucks yeah. so you know those those are the just the silver ones with a fan in the middle though they're yeah, very not, very, not very the super, basic yeah they're not the super quiet ac infinity no, no, no. these these no. are the regular ones but yeah. they work they definitely work they're loud as fuck and uh but they work but yeah then you can get into the you know the fancy humidity controlled ac infinity mars has them i think now spider farmer mm -hmm. makes the fuck there's lots oh, yeah. of fans out there yeah, evo sun makes a bunch so just a duct fan though you know just uh, size your tent right that's what you got to do make sure you're not you don't have too little to exchange the air properly or mm -hmm. or too much that you like you suck your tent inside out <laughs> that is actually something that we, we well as we get into into extractors we'll talk about that yeah mm -hmm. it is possible to over extract your tent and actually collapse it that's right yeah. they, they are they are usually too powerful you know you, you can reduce yeah. it to like 50 percent and still be pulling enough air out for the plants to be happy I'll actually like to have them down at, at a fractional power, like 50% or less, because the motors will last that much longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fan controllers are your friend. Yeah. SG2 yeah. said here, so. you know, with extraction, you have to pay for the quiet. That's it. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 yes, the, cheaper, you the cheaper you buy, the noisier it's probably going to be. If you True. spend more money on it, it's going to be True. quieter. And that's what you want, especially if you're growing in your bedroom or something. Yeah. You know, then that yeah. it's going to make a difference to your sleep pattern. So there's lots hey, out there you I can buy. I can fucking hear mine. It's it's as cheap as chips, and you can hear it through fucking concrete walls. Like minor level. Mine sound like a goddamn yeah. fucking aircraft turbine. Yeah, my, my that's, that's what mine do. Like it sounds like there's something fucking taken off in the garage. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's pretty much it, really. I mean, you, with that extractor, you're gonna need a carbon filter as well. But that you know that that's just part of the extraction. You want anything that gets sucked out of your grow tent should come through a carbon filter to remove any kind of smell from it. You don't want I to would know. say, unless we're going to grow that 
odorless cannabis that TG yeah, was talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know? unless, uh-huh. unless. But it would worth it to get a proper strain and, you know, get a filter. Yeah, really. <laughs> I to... oh, sorry, monkey. No, I was going to say, yeah, really, forget this odorless stuff. Get some stuff that tastes good. Yeah. I think yeah, people probably just blend it, you know, like mm. they do with everything else. But I used to grow without a carbon filter because I'm in Canada and I didn't give a fuck. So I just pumped my shit out the chimney because I had an open chimney that I could duct into. And, you know, carbon filters do put a lot of resistance on your mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. So it, they pull a lot less, a lot harder. Mm-hmm. So that'll wear them out a lot quicker. So if you, if you don't have to use a carbon filter, it's great. But most of us, even in legal situations, aren't in that situation. Even myself, I'm using four or five or four carbon filters right now just because I can't, I don't have a chimney anymore to duct out of. No, I was going to say, I do the same thing around here. I always make sure that what my growing doesn't interfere with my spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy life, happy life. Indeed. Exactly. Russia asked, one person uh, in the house. Yeah. <clears throat> Russia asked, I'll be growing in a bedroom. Should I fork out for AC Infinity or any recommended brands? It's completely up to you, man. But if you've got the money to, if it's in your budget, then yeah, go for a brand that's going to be quieter. And if you listen to Growcast, uh, our, our friend over there, Jordan River, he, uh, I, I see if any are sponsored of his show, I think. So he's got discount codes and shit. So go and listen to Growcast, find out what his discount code is, and use that to buy your AC Infinity. They're a lot quieter. S and P are very good um, over here, Russia. Um, they're in. Green Oak Industrial Estate. Have a look at them. They're bathroom fans, but um, they're super, super quiet. They are super quiet. They're they're expensive, but they wouldn't be a fraction of what an AC Infinity is. It's what I'm moving on to next. But yeah, and with the extraction, you're gonna need ducting, and ducting is much more expensive than you think. Oh yes, yeah, fucking robbing bastards. <laughs> and and depending on the ducting, it can be fucking noisy as hell as well. That's right, with the air friction being blown into it and shit. Yeah, yeah. But that's no, about I mean, everything, isn't it? When you, I mean, you're gonna need something to measure the temperature and the humidity of the room. That's uh, another thing that you're gonna need. You're possibly gonna need a pH meter, but that will depend on what medium you're growing in. So yeah, that will and the, cover that later. And micrometer. That's a really actually good, you know, almost necessary. Just well, later on when you're in, in flower, you need to know where the humidity is. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, just been mentioned there by Sparky. If you're in dry, uh, if you're in dry atmospheres, like if it's really cold in winter time and it's dry, you might need to add humidity back into the grow tent. So you might need a humidifier. And the other way around, if it's too humid, you need a dehumidifier as well. Humidity for the week. My micro grow ten percent right now. Ooh, damn. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <gasps> you know, I've got a, I've got a, a dehumidifier running continuously in this yeah. room and i can't get it below 40 percent because it's raining constantly you know yeah but 40 percent is fine but flowers are good you know and along with that a heater as well you might need a heater yeah. and if you're I'm in very sure. warm conditions then you might need uh the air conditioner as well but you know if this is and that's something that we missed there uh fans man fans to keep the air blowing around just like clip on fans yes. or something just to blow the air around the, the grow room on the inside, not an extractor fan, like a desktop fan kind of thing. And it just, you know, blows just, air yeah, around. a small fan that's going to blow gently or, you know, just to move air around, around your tent, keep the dead Use. spots to a minimum. Keep I like the plants those, moving gently. You can get those six inch fans, right? They usually have the clip on thing. Yeah. That's yeah, what that, I use. Yeah. They're good a couple ones. of those. Yeah. 
my tents are small, so I do use a six inch, but I also use some four inch. Uh, it's a four inch metal fan that our local Walmarts have in abundance during the summertime. So I usually, you know, they're yes. cheap. I buy them, buy them by the, by the, <laughs> yeah, uh, by the dozen in, in the summer and they burn out, throw them away. Mm-hmm. Cashier looks at you like you're like, oh, yeah. oh, that, oh, you have these again. I'll take, I'll take all of them. Roy <laughs> asks there what heaters are, are best. I say uh, oil radiator. They're, they're good in, in there because once they heat up, they'll turn off at a certain temperature and then it will still disperse heat for quite a while, keeping it warm in there. But there's little things you can get like Ecotech controllers, aren't they? Or Inkbirds, these different. Uh, what I use. I have my heater in my tent right now. It's a, it's a thing called a. It's a Honeywell Heat Buddy. It looks like a little egg, and it's a ceramic heater with two two settings. I think it's only 300 watts, so it doesn't get super hot. But mm-hmm. for a tent, it's great because it's an enclosed space, um, so it heats up that enclosed space fairly well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I hooked it up to an Inkbird, set it to like you know, any temperature below 20 turn on. So that's what it does. And that's it, right. And ink bird controllers are good to have. They're not like necessity, but it makes no. things much easier. If you have one, it will keep the environment in check, keep the humidity and temperatures at the right levels and shit. Yeah. It knocked about 25% off my E off my electricity bill. When Sweet. I put an ink board in nice. Cause nice. the the heater was just running 24 seven. That paid for itself real fast, didn't it? Fucking mm-hmm. right, it did. And then, so if you can units. get one of those yeah. as well. If you need, that's the thing. Like only get what you need, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it depends as well. Like I had a I had a two kilowatt blow fan. That was the only thing that was keeping my tent warm at one stage. Yeah. You know, and that's just was madness. Now I run these small little they're when I say paper tin, they're not even like paper. It's like um plastic on a cigarette box like it's it's that thin and it's just like these little metal strips in it, and the heat that comes off it man is phenomenal mm-hmm. and they're, they're only 500 watts i have two of them in one in each tent with the ink board and it keeps them always at a perfect 27 so that's about everything for all the uh the equipment you've got i mean there's more you're going to need but it depends on what medium you're going to grow in and things like that what nutrients you're going to be using and things like that but for your basic setup that's what you're going to want is that kind of stuff and uh we did have a question here because we'll move on to the listener q a bit now but we did have a question from children that relates to this uh what does a new grower have to spend to get kitted out on their percy grow does this change much in different places around the world eg usa versus uk versus australia and it's a good question man how much are you looking to to start but how much are you looking to pay to set this shit up tg you want to go first man Sure. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it depends what tier you want to get into. Like if you're going to go buy Gavitas and stuff, because you just have lots of money, you could spend probably upwards of four, 4,000, you know, Canadian dollars with everything, but you shouldn't do that because you can get the, basically the same stuff that'll give you the same result for a hell of a lot cheaper. And I always tell people when, cause I get asked this a lot actually, cause I do help people set up grows Um, and stuff around here and usually we can do it you know a basic setup a two by four we'll say because that's a pretty good size for for most you know average smokers or growers for personal use Um, maybe 600 700 canadian dollars upwards of of 800 to 900 for like some really decent stuff that you probably won't have to replace for for quite a while 
So under a thousand dollars though, for sure, for everything you need, mm. which depending on where you are, I mean, that'll pay for itself in probably one harvest. Like it did with my first grow. So yeah, that's the, what I would say. Uh, in the UK, I reckon you could get a, a decent four by four setup. Uh, the initial costs are about 250, 300 pounds. But, but then you got the running costs because you'll be doing that on HPS as well. They'll be using the old star lighting. And then that's going to cost a lot in the energy bills. I mean, for a decent setup, I'd say about a thousand, eight hundred, say eight hundred, and you should have a decent four by four setup with good extraction, good filter, and good lighting, ready to get yeah. a decent grow on. You know, the difference between a two by four and a four by four really isn't that much either. So yeah, I would say yeah, you're 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 pretty much spot on. But you um, monkey, how how's things your way? Um, well, I mean, I, I was I would be looking at specking more like a two by four than a four by four, but I can look at it four by four. Uh, for a decent four by four light, uh, you're probably going to be looking at 450 to 500, uh, us dollars to get into something that's going to get you there. Mm -hmm. Uh, grow tent is going to be about 125 for that. So you, you know, beyond that 125 for, for a tent, five, 500 for a light, mm, about 600, 650, you could probably go ahead and start a four by four grow. Right. What do you say, GB? Um, Again, depending on the size of the tent and what you went with, you could be looking from anywhere from about 500 quid, maybe up to around around a thousand. That's if you're going for like a top of the range, like yeah, thing. Yeah. That's but it, yeah. yeah, again, you could put one like I, I could put a three by three together for somebody for less than 400 quid here, and it's not, it would cost them so little to run, like mm -hmm. you know. What, so you say really what about you? Uh, well, I'd have to agree with TG on most of the stuff. I'm doing mine kind of on the cheap because I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm lacking space, time, and money sometimes. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you could probably set something up like I've done for a couple hundred bucks. That's right. You, you, you can be done for it can be done for so cheap, mm -hmm. you know. But if you want to do it well, then you need to invest in to get the proper equipment. And if you want to yeah. do really good, then you've got to invest even more for the real good shit. Well, there's so many oh, different yeah. levels. It's a big buffer, man. You know, you can well, spend twenty pound. You can spend twenty grand, man. It's well, it cost me two grand. Yeah, it cost me two grand to put my entire setup together. Well, just show you two grand. That's between the tents and then. But I built a, a purpose grow room to grow my tents. to put my tents in. Yeah, like with my, your in, with your um, in, what man? What's that fucking word? Insulation. There you go. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. Like my, my tents are in a box, an insulated box that's inside an insulated room. Mm -hmm. That's in an insulated fucking garage now. Like, so they run on a fucking they they run on nothing. If I were to put my four by four together, my light's about six hundred, my tent is about two hundred, my fan is about one hundred. So that's that's the ultra ultra basics. Mm -hmm. After that, it's kind of a bit more up to you, but yeah. What is that? Six plus two. That's about nine, eight or nine hundred bucks, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's reasonable. But like, again, think about how much you're spending mm -hmm. on an ounce, like half of that sometimes. So yeah, that's it. That's just like three or four ounces in some places. But it's only one ounce in Ireland. That's what I keep saying to people. A one fucking ounce will have you gone. You just have to, you won't be able to buy it all in one shop, but mm -hmm. that's the thing. You have to shop around to get deals, like what we always say. Yeah, um, and we also, and more questions here. This is a complex one. I think, TG, this is one for you. This is definitely your kind of thing. 
uh, from Mr. Bud. He said he asks cannabis seed breeder terminology slash techniques what it all means and what effect it has on the new seeds created. For example, what's an F1, F2, F3, what's a back cross, selfing, and how do I lock in desirable traits? Yeah. Oh, that's a question. Deep, right? That's a fucking big one. No, I mean, you got to buy books to get shit like that answered, bro. <laughs> well, I am actually just opening a book so I don't you know, get this wrong. It's, it is complicated. It's, you can break it down to basics, but it is really complicated when you get down to it. It's Mendelian genetics. It has to do with a lot of ratios and stuff when it comes to the phenotypic and genotypic expressions in the subsequent generations that you mentioned, the F1 to the F2 to the F3. Ultimately though, those terms generally just denote the filial which is greek for like son um so like the son or the daughter generation filial one is the first filial two second so on so forth um you have your back crossing your your selfing there's outbreeding there's hybrid you know all this fucking words and shit um so f1s are basically just we're, we're going to assume we're starting with two plants that breed true for for their expression for the traits that are important to us i guess and i always like to use skunk number one because it's you know a traditional true breeding which is another one of those terms and all true breeding means is when you you take two of those seeds regular seeds and you get you know any male and any female out of a seed stock that's true breeding and you breed them together the offspring should be the same as the parents so you get the same result right mm -hmm. um and that just means that in genetic terms, the, I think, and don't, I'm not a geneticist and I only read books. I'm not actually studied on this. So I'm probably, I'll probably get a lot of this wrong, but basically the alleles in a true breeding, um, geno, or, uh, I don't know the, in the chromosomes, I guess there's two different alleles and they can be dominant or recessive. I don't know if anybody's taken high school biology, but we did learn a little bit about this in high school. So a true breeding has two dominants. Um, um and if you, you introduce, uh any other plant to it i mean those dominant traits should uh should be passed on to the subsequent generations and that will be your f1 so you know skunk crossed with a blueberry is uh you have parts of the skunk expressed parts of the blueberry and then you can keep going which uh the f2 would be you cross the two uh daughter generations there two f1s and then blueberry skunk for example yeah but then you get into the F2s and there's a ton more variation because of those ratios I mentioned before. Some of those recessive traits that may or may not be part of this, um, which is that's why it's important to start with plants where you know or supposedly what, what they're going to do when you breed them together. But that isn't the case for most of us. So, yeah, when you get into the F2s, you have novel kind of expressions of some of those recessive traits because you have two of the, the small letter alleles, I guess, combined, which... If there's any dominant uh, allele in those combinations, the dominant trait will always be expressed. But sometimes, again, in the F2s, this is where you first see this. Um, you have those recessive traits sometimes expressed. And then, the, like I said, that's where the hunting comes in. You find what you like. You breed those two together, two ones that are very similar. You get into your F3s. You know, you try and isolate that trait a bit more. 
then you get into F4s and F5s. And by the time you get to F5, kind of F6, I'm, I've read and I'm told, I guess, that that's when you can call it an inbred line. So most of the, or if not all of the seeds grown of that generation should be the same because you've bred everything out at that point, basically, if you've done it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was a pretty shitty description of that. But I mean, it's, it's got to take an episode on itself to explain it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And really, I mean, again, I always say I'm not a breeder and I'm not a breeder. I don't actually, I don't have enough space to really effectively do this type of shit. So what I do is usually just start with solid genetics and then I, I self, which is another part of the question. Selfing is what, you know, you, you, you reverse uh, a female and create pollen off a of said female. And then you pollinate either the, the mother plant you took that clone from then said subsequently turned into a male with that pollen you know basically you fuck itself the plant fucks itself um and makes seeds hermaphrodite like uh like a purposeful hermaphrodites back crossing that's when you you take an f1 uh either female or male and cross it back to either the the parent either the male or the female whatever you've chosen the opposite of for your your uh, daughter there so it's like the daughter either fucks the dad or the mother either fucks the son in that case <laughs> that's um, pretty rude yes yeah it's there's a lot of like inbridge this shit would be illegal if it was you know most things <laughs> humans for sure and then outcrossing is like two independent genotypes that are crossed together um, like what i did with my uh, romulan kush and blueberry og to create the species 8472 which really shouldn't, I shouldn't have named at that point. I should have done a little bit more hunting. I just, it just got out, you know, <laughs> but um, that's an outcross, you know, too independent to create something. And then in that case, you get what's called heterosis or hybrid vigor, which I think explains everybody's like, holy shit, these plants grow fast when they tell me about the 8472s. So 8472s are F1s. So are the crystalline entity and so are the locutus. So um yeah i don't know i kind of babbled on a bunch of fucking different paths that kind of coincided there so i don't know if i covered anything or everything or nothing but hopefully that helps a bit i probably got a lot of it wrong again because it's, it's it's just so in-depth and it's confusing it needs to be broken down over longer than two minutes anyways yeah really i mean this is something where i would i sh we should just sit here and have a conversation about rather than me trying to like lecture and get everything in because again i'm I, I was reading a whole bunch about this all day today actually so i didn't fuck it up and there's so much that it's like you just i don't know it's hard to really condense um, but people I would have recommend... to go to university to cover all this stuff man it's complex well yeah it, it is it's plant breeding when you break it down it's not it's cannabis here but you know there's there's cubing there's there's all kinds of different stuff and uh my suggestion would be to read Rob Clark's book, Marijuana Botany, Chapter 3, Breeding. Um, that has go. everything. Yeah. So we have one from Twisted as well. Good old Twisted sending some question every week. Good lad. Uh, I got one for when you get to soils. Maybe he wants us to cover this in the soils episode, but I thought it was a good question anyway. So uh, for the new grower, would it be better to use soil and a bottled newt system or a living slash super soil grow? I think living or super soil is easier and it would be the way to go, say it's twisted. What do you all think? Um, I, I would say, okay, I'd jump in just as somebody who 
has only tried soil once and who has actually gone back to soil to give it a go. Um, I think a living soil is, or a, a soil like Soham or um, you know, Bio, Bio, is it Bio Biz? Or yeah, something? Bio Biz. There's yeah, loads yeah. of different soil brands. Oh, yeah. I, I think the likes of them is, is probably easier for, for a new grower to get started in. Mm-hmm. Especially the super soil where you just have to water yeah. it. No, that's what I mean. You literally just throw a bit of water in and fucking Bob's your uncle. Just expensive, just like fucking 50 quid for 50 litres and shit like that, you know? It's expensive soil. If you can get normal soil... Because the problem I have with the soil right now is uh, it gets to a point where it has no nutrients left in it. Mm. And then I have to add bottled nutrients to it as well. But I haven't done that yet. I haven't added bottled nutrients to it for a long time. I just make it fucking try and drag itself to the end, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, I always wonder with salts for, for soil... If you're going to be going to the bother of making up feed for in a soil, a salt, like a salt based feed for soil, why not just grow on cocoa? Yeah, for sure. But cocoa take, takes water in every day, which can be an issue. And it's different with soil, you have to have that wet and dry cycle. So one's got its good points and the other's got its good points. You know, it's, mm. it's uh, I mean, soil's easy for me right now because I don't have to do anything. I just every three days or so, I'll go in there and throw some water at them. Like That's that, why I want to move to it. Yeah, it's, it's all been very easy, but it, the startup is a bit of a bitch. If the soil's very strong, it will, it will fry a lot of seedlings. So my technique now is to just get a half liter pot, fill that with cocoa, drop a seed in it, and uh, you know water the cocoa as if there was a plant in it and shit with some just a one millimeter per liter of can of A, can of B, and that's it. Yeah, you know, pH that down to five point eight. Water the cocoa drop the seed in it, a little bit of water again, put a plastic cup over the top and wait two or three days and the seed pops. It's like, that's sweet. And then I let the, the root grow a little bit in the cocoa, just water it a couple of times throughout that week. And then that goes into soil to carry on doing the rest of its life in the soil grow. And I, that's, it just like works so fucking perfect for me, man. I like well, it. That's like that. uh, similar to the way they were growing out there at Miracle Greens because what they were doing out there was they were growing in one-gallon pots. Right. And cocoa. And it would veg all the way through that. And then they would transplant into living soil. Mm, nice, nice. And then in flower and living soil. Mm-hmm. It's a good plan, man. It's perfect, you know? Yeah. You get fast growth in the, in the uh, veg state. And then you get all that goodness from the organic yeah. Yeah. flowers. Organic flowers, man. Very nice. Works for them. And it's just, that's a good example of, of anybody who's listening to who isn't doing it yet. There is no one single way to do this. There is so many different ways, man. You, you just have to choose your weapon. And play with it. <laughs> Good question. So, uh, Marge, what, what do you think about this? Would you, you what would you recommend? Uh, super soils or using bottled newts and some normal soil? Oh, I definitely like the super soil myself. I just find it's a lot easier, and I don't really worry about mm-hmm. having to worry about nutrients at all. Mm-hmm. Like when yeah. we did our grow before, we were doing like. Uh, hydroponics so of course obviously you had to have all the nutrients and fiddle around with all that stuff but mm-hmm. i find the super soil is so much simpler for me so i think we'll cover that next week i think that will be next week's grow guides will be uh mediums what medium should you choose or what medium do you choose for your first grow it's a difficult choice man but it's been made a lot easier i think nowadays with that super soil shit i mean just to drop seeds in soil and harvest it 12 weeks later and you got a plant I developed mine, man, because like I was up north 
not at my girl for three weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl, you know, I love her to death, but she, her thumb is as brown as, <laughs> you know, the, the super soil that I grow this stuff in. So I had to figure out a way so that plants wouldn't die while I was away. And if she can do it, you know, anyone can do it. No offense to her. She doesn't listen Ooh. to this. So it's, it's good. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't listen to that. So, uh, uh, she, she knows she's a shit grower. Trust me. <laughs> UK Fred and Bongri has just arrived. And Bongri asked, what's up, everybody, by the way? Uh, Bongri asked, anyone use coots beans? That's Clatamus coot, right? Clatamus coot, yep. Yeah. Anybody use his Legend. Nope. I don't know. I don't. I don't I actually know what his mix is. I'm sure, like, I, my mix is a, is a, hybrid of subcool crossed with tom hill crossed with uh um vic high so maybe coots's stuff i'm sure it's very similar you know a three-part peat vermicasting uh perlite kind of thing maybe i don't know but yeah he's he's definitely a guy to listen to and not uh well he knows his shit basically he's a legend northwest north pacific legend yeah, man. So that's about it for this week's uh, Grow Guides and Questions and Answers. I don't think we have any more. I think we're done. Did anybody see any questions in chat? Is anybody written down? I think we're good, right? Yeah, so that's about it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, what else do we have to say at the end of things? Uh, Y'all have fun now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, so if you want to read, if you're still new and you don't know, you want to have a look at some of the information that we discussed in this topic, then you can go over to Percy's Grow Room and there's a guide there specifically about what what equipment you need to grow cannabis. And of course, the forum's there so you can sign up to the forum. It's all free and you can ask, I want to start my first grow. How the fuck do I do this? And we'll be able to advise you on everything you need to get you up and running. So you'll have do an that. easier time asking questions than you will be going by yourself. I guarantee mm-hmm. it. We've mm-hmm. all done it ourselves. We all know how hard it can be. So that's it, man. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. And let us know if there's any specific topics you think we should cover in the future episodes coming up. But uh, next week, we're going to be talking about what medium you should start growing cannabis in. All right, so I think that's it, everybody. Should we say goodbye? Goodbye. I'm already saying goodbye. Everybody wave. Bye. Wave bye. I'm waving now. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Come on, folks. Have a good one. So there we go, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked the show, then it would be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever network you downloaded this podcast from. You can also visit one of our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or the new getter, which everyone's getting up on. Uh, you can head there and it would be great if you could share this episode to your friends on your networks with the hashtag high and homegrown so we know that you've shared it as well that would be super sweet that would help us just get more listeners to the show which we always enjoy but uh, thank you very much again for joining us I hope you enjoyed it next week we're going to be covering what medium you should use for your first grow and you'd find in that episode but it's going to be an individual choice that you have to make and we'll explain why on Friday next week So, again, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening. It is always a massive pleasure to have you along for the show. But for now, that's all. If you join us live on Sunday, it would be good to see you there in the live chat on YouTube. But until then, the the next episode to be released is on Monday, which will be the cannabis news for next week. Enjoy your weekend. Stay high, everybody, and stay safe. Goodbye. Yay.